0: Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Oh, mama. Trent Condon. Score. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO.
1: All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a football Friday. Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller. For the next couple of hours to talk sports with you. Appreciate you spending some of your uh, morning here with us. BMW, Des Moines guest list shapes up like this in about 15 minutes. We will hear from Chris Williams on Iowa State as they uh, continue their preparations for the Liberty Bowl. We'll pick Chris's brain on that. Matt Campbell met the media uh, yesterday. Uh, Some really lengthy answers to his questions. I'm not sure if you had a chance to see the transcript or not, TC, but uh, Mm -hmm. uh, some good answers, some lengthy answers. Um, from uh, Coach Campbell, and we will pick Chris's brain on that, as well as basketball gets back on the floor coming up this weekend. We'll head from uh, Chris Williams to Las Vegas, where Mike Palm from Circus Sports will join us. Survivors down to what, 13? 13 remaining. 12 of the 13 want to split some of it amongst each other. Mm -hmm. One is holding out. Yes. They want the 12, want to take four, a chop as they call it, put $400,000 in each of their pockets, and then whatever remaining, the $4 million or whatever it is, that would go to the uh, winner. But one is holding out, so screw him. It's 12 against one. Well,
2: I don't have a huge problem with it. With the chop? With No, with the one guy holding out at this point. Yeah. A chop when you're down to three or four... That's different. We're talking millions, and we're still talking hundreds of thousands. Of dollars, Four, 400 to be exact, right. yeah. But what if he has the best remaining
1: teams? Well, I guess you can say that, but how did you, you felt pretty good about Thanksgiving and having the Detroit Lions, and how would that work
2: out? Right, but he's also still alive here, as we're sitting on December 15th.
1: Mm-hmm. So are 12 other people, and it's the NFL, and it's any given Sunday, give me the money, please, where do I
2: sign? He's a poker player. He's a do, gambler. Do we know that? Yeah. Yep. And... I don't have a huge problem with it. I understand. Yeah. If I was in that spot, i absolutely be chopping too. I, I would for sure. Yeah, But this is a different conversation. Mm-hmm. This is somebody that certainly walks a different way. Also heard that he's kind of a pain in the ass. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. So that goes hand in hand. I, the I think guy that made the mistake is still alive, correct? He is, yeah. That's that, wild. On Thanksgiving, he met to check the Lions. His mother had passed that week. Uh, there's a really oh, good. I didn't know that part yeah. about it. Yeah, he... so he was in his his head was everywhere, but on the Survivor contest. Yeah, I got to send you the article. There's an article about it. Huh. Just an incredible story. I mean, he's distraught as you can imagine. Sure, wasn't there? Oh crap! I got to get my thing. In. Hit the wrong. Clicked on the wrong thing. As... Meant to pick the Lions and pick the Packers and onward he goes. You, you have a proxy service. Yeah. Proxy services online. You click the wrong thing and simple as that. They click put sl- in what you send them. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. And there's no going back. So it was as simple as that. He made a mistake. It worked out for him, and he's That's still wild. alive. But yeah, I when it gets down a little bit further, but at 13, if you have remaining teams, if you feel like you have a very good path, mm-hmm. and you can hedge on top of it. Yeah. You can hedge and make that $400,000 and guarantee yourself that kind of profit probably this deep into the season. So again, because of the numbers still remaining, I don't have a problem. I know there's other people that are just apoplectic that anybody would be willing to be the one to hold out out of 13 people. When you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars, I was not as up in arms when I was reading that story. But down to 13, how amazing would it be? And what would it feel like to put that pick in? I put my picks in for millions. I'm 9-1 the last two weeks. I'm feeling really good. Oh, but you're 9-1. Yeah, yeah real feeling good really you. good here lately. Yeah, And been seeing the NFL well. But even that, just a couple of good weeks. I mean, even quarterly, I'm like in 512th place for for the fourth quarter. Even with that, putting in a pick, knowing that this could be potentially $9 million if you ultimately are the ultimate survivor in Survivor. Mm -mm -mm. I can't imagine just even clicking that button, whatever it is, for his pick this week. How can you watch that game? Yeah. You know, it's just, I've... I, I guess I'll never find
1: out because I don't think that we'll ever get the December. <laughs> it could happen. I, I guess it's, it can. It yeah, just it can. takes one. It's, I guess. We'll see. I mean,
2: he had the group of buddies last year that won it from Detroit. Just three guys in what their late 20s, early 30s that, hey, let's put an entry in. Mm. They had one. And ultimately, they were there amongst the final three that eventually split the prize a year ago. It, it happens all over the place. It happens all the time. And just one of those seasons, I can imagine the stress. It's a though.
1: phenomenal contest, Trent.
2: The sweat that these guys must be going through each and every Sunday or every week. And honestly, so you can get credit against what you've already guaranteed yourself. Or, I shouldn't say guaranteed yourself. You can get credit at Circa for this. You can go up to the counter and say, I have one of the remaining tickets. Mm-hmm. And they will give you credit against what you have. So, Let's say you or I were still alive. Would you be out in Vegas right now? I think I would. I think I would have to tell the wife, I have to go out here. I have to be able to hedge. I have to do this over the next couple of weeks, or even if it's an in and out, you know, something like that. Again, we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, potential $9 million prize. I think those conversations would have to be had. I'm going to go out there and I got to do this myself because Uh. I got to get the credit. I got to get that at Circa. I have to do it in person and then going to be hedging my bet and when you tell the wife, I'm guaranteed hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, it makes it a little easier. Yeah, that conversation's a little easier, right? Let's try making it home for Christmas, would you? We'll try. <laughs> yeah. Oh my
1: gosh. Might Anyways, be a couple extra
2: presents under the tree. Yeah, there
1: might be, that's for certain. Uh, so we'll talk to Mike Palm coming up here at 11.35. Bama, Bob, Trent and I will uh, banter about with some college football topics and then uh, Tom Cakert on Iowa at about 12.30 before we will make our picks for the week. That's coming up about 10 minutes before 1 o'clock and we will
2: skedaddle out of here for the weekend what does your high school basketball coverage start uh we had a game on the schedule next week not sure if we're going to be able to pull it off it'll probably start in january right away january 2nd that first tuesday and a lot of tip-off tuesdays looking at the schedule obviously we have the iowa wild here on the Uh air iowa state women basketball so uh, because of that looks like a lot of tuesdays on the schedule
1: well, that's good. Um, so right back out of the out of the break, boom <laughs> into a high school gym. and no, Way you go! No sense waiting around, right? Right. Let's get after it. Well, uh, you, we kind of talked about this, and you ridiculed me for even entertaining the fact that I was going to tune in and watch that game last oh, night. Man. You were right, uh, <laughs> Trent. This was. Uh, it's not often you can look at a, a game and. With your own two eyes, not being there, not being in the locker room, not, go, not knowing what's going on. Witness a team quit mm-hmm. on their head coach. And and that's seemingly, look, I get Easton sticks are not very good. But the Chargers, this team has quit. This team is, they they don't want to play for Staley. It's an incredibly disappointing year for them. Um, the Raiders, who got blank the week before, four days before they got shut out, and are up 42 to zip at halftime, and then they kept scoring into the second half. Uh, this was an awful football game. Terrible football game. AFC West was wide open this year with the Chiefs coming back a little bit. But neither one of those two teams that played last night had a, a chance to uh, to be the spoiler,
2: if you will. And uh, breaking right now, Daniel Popper from The Athletic, the Chargers beat reporter. The Chargers are firing head coach Brandon well, Staley and GM Tom Telesco per He's out too. Both out. Bill Belichick.
1: Come on down! No, he's going. Right, I'm convinced of it. I'm absolutely convinced of it that he's going to end up there because it's over in New England. Um, they're going to they're going to draft a quarterback, and I don't think you let Bill Belichick stay for two years um, as the as the, as the voice in the in the new quarterback's uh, head, and then bring somebody else in. I just don't see it.
2: I heard a very interesting theory. I th- the Chargers would be the betting favorite, right? To, mean, to grab Belichick yeah, to get to get Belichick, mm-hmm. and it sounds like it's over, right? I mean, we've had these rumblings since they were over in Europe Mm -hmm. that this is going to happen, Mm -hmm. and there's probably a wink and a nod there. Chargers, I think most people believe that is his destination. I want to throw this one by you, though. As everybody is jumping aboard that Dallas Cowboy bandwagon, they get knocked off in the division round. They don't win the division, lose Mm -hmm. a game or two here, including maybe Sunday against the Bills, don't win the division, and win a wild card game. And Bill Belichick's out there? With what we know with Jerry Jones, uh-huh. with what we, the splash hire, think of what he brought in, Parcells. He absolutely would go with you. Hell, he brought in Barry Switzer. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is something that I had not wrapped my mind around until I heard it this morning and I said, dang, I wish I would have thought that myself because that is a great theory. That, that would make some sense. I, I can see that. Absolutely, 100%. He's getting, He's got a ready made team. Uh-huh. They're but good. does
1: Belichick want to work for an overbearing owner like Jerry Jones? <laughs> Would he be overbearing? Well, it's his team. And he's it is the his G- team. He's the GM. Him and his son. Yeah. yeah. And that's something you would have to deal with. And now if you look a little further over to the picture, when you see the
2: owner's box, there's the son's son. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen's kid, right? Stephen's kid. Yeah. yeah. It would be a conversation, at the very least. I, I think it's a working theory. Can you imagine growing up in a family? Oh, the, the Cowboys are in the family. Yeah. yeah. No, my, my dad had a milk corporation, a milk truck little bit different than yeah. the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, my old man carried a gun and a badge. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Just a little, a little bit little different bit the different. family business. Yeah. yeah, that'd be a good one to be born into. There's no doubt. But yeah, I like that theory. I think it's something to just put in the mm-hmm. recesses of your mind. Mm-hmm. Because McCarthy, if they flame out early again with this year with they have the pieces. There's no excuses, right? You got Dak Prescott. Here we go. Snapping the ball and making plays all over the place. I I just I liked it. Interesting and little theory that you, you came let up with. Let me, let me just... So
1: as of today, the Dallas Cowboys, they would take on the Green Bay Packers. Win. Um, Mike McCarthy's old
2: team knocks off his current team. <laughs> He's out.
1: He's out. Yeah. Anyways, go
2: Even on. losing at home in the divisional round to the Lions. Yeah. Eagles again, even. Mm-hmm. If you do win the division, then you fall down. I mean... There's a lot of pass there. Yeah, there
1: are. You know, it's crazy with the, with the way it's set up, right? The Eagles going into the last weekend, um, going into the Cowboys game, were the one seed. They wake up the next morning, they're the five, and
2: going on the road in the opening round.
1: Oh my God! And having to take on Tampa Bay, who has four fewer wins than
2: you do, as we sit here. Dallas Buffalo on Sunday. This has been it's the itch- game of the week. It's so interesting to watch this from just two perspective. Obviously, the betting perspective that we look at a lot, but. Just narrative driven conversation about the Bills. Um, I looked at some analytical numbers last night, power numbers. And this guy had on a neutral field the Buffalo Bills favored over everybody right now on a neutral field. Over the other thirty one teams? Everybody in the AFC. In the AFC. Over Miami, Baltimore, Kansas City, whoever you throw in there. I don't know who the heavy head is in the AFC, Trent. One week I think it's Baltimore, mm-hmm. the
1: next week, no, it's still the Chiefs. Uh, the Jaguars make a little bit of a run,
2: right? And then you're thinking, well, maybe it's them. Yeah, they had a great great run a year ago, the comeback victory against the Chargers, they're figuring it out, Uh huh. and then they lay an egg. Right, because that's what Jacksonville mm-hmm. does and mm-hmm. lose, and give up 31 to Cleveland last week and Joe Flacco. Miami, they play a team with a pulse; they get beat. They do, and even play a team without a pulse as right. they did against Tennessee, and they get beat. I another one of those that on first serve, uh-huh. and then you think of it: if Buffalo was playing everybody, anybody in the AFC this week, neutral field, would you pick anybody against Buffalo this week? Because I don't think I would. <sighs> maybe Baltimore, maybe maybe Baltimore, but that would be the only one. Mm-hmm. And Buffalo is sitting there at seven and six. Trent, they're, they're right now they're the 11th seed in the AFC, and only seven get in. It's a team that's lost to the Bengals, the Broncos, they lost to the Patriots, the Jaguars back early in the season. Inconsistent. Well, of course, what happened in week one, right? They lost mm-hmm. to the Jets by Air Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And yet you look at this team, you look at the talent. They had the defensive injuries that killed them. Yeah. To yeah impactful. Yep. One of the best linebackers in yep. the league and a yep. defensive back that was really, really good. Yep, And they had to figure it out on the fly. Yep. Matt Matt it out? Yep, gone. And this is going to be your last opportunity. If you uh-huh. want to get a Buffalo ticket, do it before the game on That's Sunday. That's
1: a good point, Trent, because I wonder what they are right now to win the AFC and to win the... Uh, Chris Williams, by the way, coming up in about uh, two minutes or so. We'll get to him.
2: I mentioned uh, I grabbed a ticket on them last weekend before the games began. They were 35-1 to to win the Super Bowl at that point. I just... Again, with the talent, mm-hmm. I thought it was too good. I did not look deep enough probably into what they still had to overtake in order to get there. So after that victory and as we sit here today, the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl, this is from DraftKings, are 18 to 1. So those odds have been cut in half uh-huh. from what they were before the games last weekend. 18 to 1. Is it worth the ticket? Sure. Talent. They so, have it. somebody's
1: gonna come out of the AFC. Look, if they were in the NFC, you're thinking to yourself no, it's still the Niners and um but the AFC is you might like Baltimore. You could certainly make the argument. Um I, I could buy that argument. I can't buy Miami. I could buy the Chiefs. I can buy the Chiefs. Their schedule down the stretch is cake. Um they've still got Patrick Mahomes, Their receivers, they've been bad all year. Uh but they've got they've got a check. Pacheco comes back. The Chiefs are very much alive, and it's not without the realm of possibility that the AFC is still going to end up going through, what do they call it, Gia Field at Arrowhead Stadium. Um, they're in a pretty good spot, especially when you look at the schedule down the stretch. Miami's schedule down the stretch is awful. Baltimore's got some tough games in there. My um, the, the Chiefs do not. It's, it's one backup quarterback after another when you look at that team. Let me get it in front of me. We talked about it earlier in the week. Here's the final four for your Kansas City Chiefs at New England, home to the Raiders, and Aiden O'Connell, who, by the way, looked really good last night, against a team that had quit. Uh, Admittedly, they had quit. So you you get Bailey Zappi, Aiden O'Connell. Your final home game of the year is against Jake Browning and the Cincinnati Bengals. And then you finish up... By taking on Easton Stick and the it, um, in So High, So high. And how many people are going to, how many, how many Chargers fans are going to be there? 20% of the building full? 30% of the building full? Chiefs have a great chance to, to win the AFC. They just do. With this, with the schedule as easy as it is, and it's four backup quarterbacks that they're going to face. All right, Chris Williams coming up here uh, from uh, Cyclone Fanatic as well as Iowa Everywhere. Uh, I read the transcript yesterday from Matt Campbell's press conference. I thought he was very wordy. It was good to see. Uh, maybe this is a different camel when, it, uh, when he's in bowl preparation, but uh, really got some in-depth in his answers. Wish he'd update the depth chart, but that's asking too much. Uh, Chris Williams joins us from Iowa Everywhere and Cyclone Fanatic. Uh, Chris, Trent, Ken, thanks for finding a few minutes. Been saying a lot uh, throughout the morning here, Chris. Uh, I was impressed by Matt Campbell uh, really um, going in depth on some of his answers yesterday uh, when he met the media. Uh, Really kind of, uh, you know, took us inside his team, which was good to see from a coach who, you know, is uh, um, seemingly on a week-by-week basis not willing to go as far as he did yesterday.
0: Yeah, honestly, just knowing Matt, I think that he is the type. Funny, I was just doing a podcast with Darren Hanson who does the – color on ESPN plus for Iowa state basketball. And me and him were actually just talking about this where I think this is just Matt and it kind of sucks for fans sometimes, but it's just the way he is. I think he's so locked in on a week to week basis. And like, I mean that BYU game was the perfect example where the coaches were on a different plane back because, it would save him like an hour,
1: right?
0: <laughs> you know, yeah. like I, did, I just think it's a good example of like how the week to week thing goes in in that world and specifically with Matt and it's just kind of who he is. And I, I think that in the middle of a game week, his lowest priority is speaking to the media. And I could make an argument as why it shouldn't be, but yep. it doesn't matter. Um, And I think that this time of year, he, you know, takes a little bit of a deep breath. And I think there's more nuanced stuff to talk about, too, right? Where he's never going to give us injury information. He's never going to be honest about that stuff. Mm -hmm. And we continue to ask it, and he continues to dance around it. And it's just who he is, and I understand it. Yep. But until they make him do injury reports, right? Like, I mean, these guys view it as there's no reason for them to do it. I, I did, he is an insightful guy though. Like I do these off-season shows with him and like they're amazing. Like the the information he'll give you, but it like man, if there's a bunch of TV cameras around and it's the middle of a game week, you're not getting any. No. No. Yeah.
2: That's why so, that's right Stuck out like you. a sore thumb yesterday. Really did. Yes, stepping in yeah. there talking a lot including uh, talking about opt-outs. Now, it's interesting hearing his answer, reading his answer. Compared to message boards and social media, I had people initially before I saw the quote and then listen to it, oh, TJ Tampas, he's good to go for the bowl game. That's not what he said. He no. said, the conversation hasn't started yet. He's practicing, but they haven't had the conversation. Chris, you deal with this on a daily basis with the message boards and everything. I don't know how you do it. I, the, the way that people manipulate words to what they want to hear, it's incredible.
0: Yeah, no, I. it really is. And it's it's tiresome, to be honest. Yeah. it's the The... Anonymous nature of everything too it just gives everybody just the freedom to just be more radical than than they would be if they had to put their name on it. But yeah, I, to me, like with Tampa, I don't know why he would play. I'm with you. <laughs> Listen, like I'm, they got to do these bowl games. Like I, I mean, it. I'm, Dave Zabelinski is trying to get me to be in some pool that he's putting together, and it's like I don't know if I want to put twenty dollars in this. <laughs> right. Cause I don't even know. I don't have the time to, you know. I'm not Trent. I should come talk to you. Like, I don't know who's playing in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Like, <laughs> and how many starters are in the transfer portal? Go to the
2: Action Network app. The Stucky has put together a <laughs> it's list. Phenomenal. It, it really is with oh. opt-outs and injuries and everything else. That's the place okay. where you got to start your handicapping.
0: But, okay, I will. I'm going to do that. I, but like you know, I, it, the way it's set up, like, yeah, of course, I'd love to see TJ Tampa play. But I mean, the guy. He, He's a really good combine away from being a first round pick. Mm-hmm. You know? So I, I guess, and I don't know anything. I, I swear to God. I don't, I can't imagine he would play. But, you know, like, we'll, we'll see. But they, I mean, I remember that game a couple years ago. Like, Mike Rose didn't even get drafted, did he? And he, he didn't huh. play in it. But, you know, there are a lot of those guys who sat out. So again, like, the only good thing about this is like, it kind of feels like an old school bowl game, the Iowa State Memphis game, because they don't have any guys out, and Iowa State may have one. And those guys who transferred really don't matter. Like there's, they're two deep guys, but none of them like really actually played. Mm-hmm. So like this feels like a, a bowl game that actually matters in my mind because it's most of these guys who are playing will be back next year, and you you know you would probably be out your best defensive player, but. It, it, you're going to watch the game and it's going to look like the team you watched all year and that that's not something you can say about the majority of these
1: games. No question about it. Uh what kind of uh um uh, I guess response are you seeing Chris if you had to you know gauge it by Cyclone Fanatic the 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 buzz around on on the message board etc. uh 2017 relatively recent the last time that the uh the fan base made their way down to Memphis will it be as well attended as the 17 game do you think?
0: I doubt it'll be as well attended as that one, but I, th- I think they'll have a really good crowd. Though this was the perfect game for Iowa State to go to. You know, if they would have gone to Phoenix the day after Christmas, that's or, tough. Yep. You know, yeah, I mean, listen, like people are excited right now, but they're not. You realize, seventeen, they had been out of bowl contention for a really long time. You know, Campbell, the whole raising the standard thing, and they, you know, it. Was, they had upset Oklahoma that year. They beat that top five TCU team like this. You know, people were really, 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 really amped up. So I, I don't
1: pretty think good it'll be group of seniors that. that they wanted to see yeah. one more time. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: I don't think it'll be to that level, but I mean, I think they'll have tens of thousands of fans down there. A Couple, yeah. you know, fifteen, twenty thousand fans. I'd be really surprised at this point if, if they don't. And it's an easy. That's why it's the perfect game for them to go to this year because it's an easy drive, and it looks like the weather forecast, like in the entire country, is going to be. Above average here in the next couple of weeks, so I think you're going to catch a break on that. Like you're looking at like the 60s, and you know they've been there enough. It's got a little, it's got a little bit of a Kansas City vibe for Iowa State people. I think because mm-hmm. people know where they stay, they know which restaurants they like, yep. they know we're going to go do this on this day. They know where it's everybody else is
1: going to be, Chris, because everybody's yeah. on Beale Street.
0: Well, that's I, I mean. Iowa State fans like to drink. Let's call a spade a spade. Right? Yes. There's there's worse places for this fan base yeah. to get sent in, yeah. in late December. And I can tell you, I've been to every Iowa State bowl game that I can remember. And, like, I would rather – I tell people this all the time. They laugh at me. I would rather go to Memphis any day over Orlando, any time. I don't care what the opponent is. It's a better experience for fans. Uh, and, and that bowl game in that city – they really care down there. Like the the Liberty bowl is a old school, you know, Ken, they, you know, that, that game has been around a long time and they really care about it. It's not the most prestigious game in the world. I'm not trying to make it out to be, but these bowl games are all exhibitions. They don't mean anything. If you win or lose them, you want to have a good experience. And those people know how to put on a really good experience. Down there.
2: So we have opt outs, as we mentioned with TJ Tampa, we have the transfer portal opening And you mentioned some of the guys that are in there, but outside of the running back position, just not a whole lot of depth to it. Guys that we've seen a whole lot of. Simmons, maybe. But the young guys, this young talent that is out there from the quarterback and Rocco Beck to uh, Bramer, what we've seen from him, Abusama, on and on and on. So much young talent over there they've been able to keep them at bay. How concerning was that? And obviously your relationship with Brent Bloom makes a whole lot of sense with Will. Will, I know you obviously know more about the collective than most people out there. Mm -hmm. How concerning was it coming into this offseason after the regular season concluded? And and how much better do they have to feel here sitting today on the 15th?
0: Well, I think it was definitely concerning. It felt the most concerning to me like a month before the season Mm
2: ended.
0: That was when the, you know, the vultures start to circle you (laughs) and all that stuff. Cause you just, you don't really know exactly what's happening. I do know this. They felt like they were in a really good spot because all of those guys want to stay at Iowa State. Okay. So this is that, that is like first and foremost, the most important, like, do they still want to be here? Do they still have a good relationship? All that type of stuff. And they never got the vibe that any of those guys were looking to get out and. So, you know, their whole thing that we will is, let's say a guy, you know, a guy gets just an arbitrary number, a guy gets a million dollars elsewhere, you know, like you want to be able to compete with it, but you know, you're never going to be able to offer that. Mm -hmm. That's the vibe that I've gotten. And I think that they felt really comfortable about their fundraising efforts leading up to it, that they would be able to stay competitive with whatever offers may have come in. And most importantly, again, it's the Campbell having a relationship with these guys. Like to me, that is first and foremost the most. Cause if you don't have that relationship, then a guy doesn't even have to come to you, right? He doesn't. This is what I hate about this system. It's just like in the NFL, it's like, well, you got three years left in your contract or, you know, we can trade you or maybe you have a no trade. Like there's actual, you know, things in place to make this, you know, this whole thing work or with this, it's like some guy's uncle may get a phone call with some offer that may or may not be real from a collective in the SEC. And it's just, it's really an unenviable position for those guys, but they were confident and they did a really good job. Uh, I just think not even always, you know, I don't even know if it's all financial because it's certainly not like, Uh, Let's use Rocco Beck as an example. I think he's a really good quarterback. I think he's going to be a legend at Iowa State if he's there for four years. He could win a Big 12 championship, frankly, with this new league, right? If Rocco Beck went in, let's say, another school that I follow really closely, let's say he transfers to South Carolina in this new SEC. Well, like... And one, there's no guarantee he's going to start down there. Two, you're going to go from... You know next year having probably top four in this big 12 skill guys around you to you know maybe being one of the top like like bottom four mm-hmm. talent teams and all of a sudden you're playing bigger guys you're already undersized to begin with right like there's more that goes into it than just how can i make the most money now and i think a lot of those guys are, are pretty wise to that i think Players and their families are much smarter than what media and fans often give them credit for when it comes to breaking all that down.
1: I think that's fair. A couple of minutes on uh, basketball before we let you go, Chris. Uh, do you think the coaches, and the I mean, are they as anxious as we are? And I'll speak for Trent and myself, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people... To bring on big 12 play because this league is going to be so- it's going to be so good night in and night out, uh and you're sick of Eastern Illinois, and you want don't and you get let's get <laughs> yeah. through New Hampshire and Florida and now do you think they're ready for conference play like I think most people are?
0: I would say no, knowing T.J. Osselberger because they treat these things like you know practices, and honestly, like the team has looked a lot better since they got back from Florida. I, I think I told you, I don't know if I've been on with you. I thought they didn't play well against DePaul. Like the first half, Like I did not think that they played well. And the second half they did. And clearly they played well against Iowa, but I still think there's just a lot of work for this team that they can, you know, and, and that's how TJ is looking at it. Like they are, you know, you, you see a guy like Omaha on Sunday where he finally looked alive out there. right? And, you know, but he was in foul trouble. Okay, well let's let's bring him out against New Hampshire, Omaha. We're going to challenge you. Let's see if we can get 20 minutes, not get in foul trouble, and have that kind of energy and be that. You know, there's ways where they can get better. Curtis Jones coming on mm-hmm. and, and hitting five threes the other day. Like there's little pockets where I think this team can still be a lot better by the middle of Big 12 play. So I'm with you. Sure, I'd much rather see them play Baylor on <laughs> Sunday, but. I promise you that Austin, and that staff—they're—they're they're looking at this from a totally different standpoint because they know what's ahead of them and they know how nasty it's going to get when that calendar flips
1: over to January. Oh, uh, Away we go. Chris Williams, thanks for jumping on. Appreciate it, Chris. Cyclone fanatic and uh, Iowa everywhere for Chris. Chris, thanks for doing this. Appreciate right. it.
0: Love you guys. Yep. Have good, a good holiday. Yep. Take care. Take, Same,
1: Chris. Good to talk to you. Chris Williams, as we check in on Iowa State. We'll check in uh, with Mike Palm from Circus Sports. He's next. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.com. I'm Millery Condon. Welcome back. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Let's get right to Las Vegas, Circus Sports. Mike Pounds, Vice President of Operations at Circa. He joins us. Mike, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. Uh, boy, the buzz around the remaining 13 in the Survivor. Uh, the build-up to this contest prior to it starting is off the charts. And then once we get into, you know, you're down to, you whittle it down to whatever the number is in December. Um, it just continues to ratchet up again. Everybody's talking about it. Do you chop? One guy doesn't want to. Uh, it's It's a fascinating contest, particularly when we get to this point, isn't it?
3: Well, it's just so good, and, and everybody that gets knocked out just wants to get back in next year. They can't wait, and um, I think the CHOP talk, uh, you know, these 13 are now communicating via social media or other back channels. It's one or more didn't want the CHOP. I, I, our understanding, and I'm pretty certain of this, is that the, the deal on the table was say 400000 each, which would be $5.2 and then play for the other four. Um, but at least one, reports are two or three, doesn't matter. It takes one, but one to play on. Now, obviously, there's different values to, to the different entries based on what teams you have left. Right. The person that still has – there's two people that have the 49ers, but one of them does not have Kansas City or Philadelphia for Christmas. So they've got to use the 49ers over the Ravens, you would think, the last game on Christmas. But the one that has Philadelphia and has San Francisco – is that a big advantage, I think, going into this week? Because you can take the 49ers at Arizona, a 12 and point favorite. Seven of the 13 have the Rams, who are close to a touchdown favorite over the Commanders. And five, the other five, have New Orleans, who is now as a six-point favorite at home to the Giants, the resurgent Giants. All five that have New Orleans also have Atlanta. I've been trying to throw that out there as a binary choice. Would you consider Atlanta against the 1-13 Carolina. Carolina team,
2: mm-hmm. but
3: that's a road game. So that's where we're at. I mean, you very well may see. One San Francisco, seven Rams, and uh, and six Saints picks. Or, I mean, uh, five Saints picks, and that's your thirteen.
2: Do you know offhand how many of the 13 remaining entries, how many of those people have been there, and have got credit against their entry that they have right now. I know your credit guy, Will, he's been on Twitter talking about that. Do you know if yep. any of them have come to you guys and gone to the cage and got some credit playing off of that one ticket that they still have left?
3: Now there's five of the 13. Okay. Uh, five of the 13 and a sixth one wired money in. Didn't get a credit line, but wired money in. So but essentially half of them, through us directly, are uh, in a position now to, to monetize their hedge or however they want to play this. I think, guys, what's been an interesting way of monetizing your tickets this year that's sort of become in vogue or popular selling percentages of your tickets. Uh-huh. Uh, that, that, that people that say, you know, I don't have 300000 or 200000 and I can't get a hold of it. To, to, to capitalize on my position, I'm going to sell 40% of my tickets. And I'm going to put, you know, the value of it is, what, $700,000. i will give some discount. I'm going to sell 40% of it for, you know, 300000 or something like that. And I think that's become more in vogue or selling different pieces as you go along each week, obviously the value of the ticket thing.
1: You know, uh, over the past uh, few weeks we when we would have you on Friday – uh, we knew that there was a couple of those Thursday nights that perhaps some of the survivors might have used the team that didn't win on a Thursday night. I can't, say, I, I, I don't get the sense that when you guys go public on Saturday evening that the Chargers are going to knock any of these thirteen out.
3: No, I don't think so. Although they bet the Chargers at the window was a good winner for us. We needed the Raiders. Really? And, um, wow. You know, it's funny because. I leaned Chargers, but they just really didn't want to play the game and, and, you know, ended up making a very small wager and took three and had no shot. But, you know, I, I was having a phone call with Michael Lombardi this morning about a, a different issue, and, you know, he said that the people he still talks to in the Raider organization, right, you know, his one son is still there, one son got fired, and and, you know, he said that the sense of the Raiders coming into this game was that the Chargers had absolutely quit and they were expecting a really good performance for their team to go out there and be loose against a team they didn't think would give much resistance. I I wish I would have had that.
2: (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty good intel. (laughs) Mike, as you know, there's those websites out there, and they have betting percentages, tickets, money on each side. Now, a lot of times you don't know exactly where this information's coming from, but just looking through the NFL slate, almost every game this week, it feels like there is very... Heavy public action on one side of the game. Are you guys seeing that a lot of lopsided action and maybe having to move lines more this week than you normally would?
3: I don't know. Um, I'll tell you one game that is sort of uh, a public versus pro game, and it, and it's bet heavily both ways. And it, and it might be the game of the year. We you know we've had two dud game of the year mm-hmm. Dallas at San Francisco with a dud, mm-hmm. San Francisco at Philadelphia with a dud. Dallas at Buffalo this week, we've gotten tremendous right, and it really is the, the, the pros on Buffalo and the public on Dallas.
1: Crows on Buffalo. I, yeah, I, I could see that. Um, what about tomorrow, Mike? Uh, with the with the bowl games getting underway, and there's a couple of schools that you know you might have come across when you're flipping channels uh, tomorrow, going to be participating in these games. Then you combine the three NFL games at three different time slots. It's liable to be pretty busy. I'm guessing tomorrow.
3: Some of these but the bowl handle is going to be way down because these are now just exhibition games. But the portal open.
1: Out. Going to the
3: outs yeah. It's horrible. I mean, I, I think we concluded we don't we're not going to take more than three thousand on a bowl game because it's just ridiculous. Hmm. And even our top players, we've told them we're only going to take ten. These are exhibition games. Who has any idea who's playing? You might wake up and four more guys opt out. It's just really hard. I, other than the two playoff games, right? Um, so you go into it with trepidation. I used to love the bowl season. I don't even know if I'll get much involved. I do. I do think Miami of Ohio and and New Mexico State are probably plays on Saturday. I really like Jerry Kiln and I think they want to be there. Tedford's sick. He's not even going to be there. Fresno absolutely imploded the last month. And then this Miami of Ohio team is very very underrated, and I don't see why they'd be catching six and a half from App State. Other than that, I probably won't get involved. Cal might be a little more motivated than Texas. You know, you used to go through the 30-some bowl games and say, Here's two or three where one side really doesn't want to be there. It's a good betting opportunity. Now you try to find where a side wants to be there. <laughs> or, or yeah. the whole
1: team going
3: to play? how yeah. really, that what the Texas backup opted out, he's not even going to be eligible to play in a semifinal. The quarterback mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. play in the semifinal is absolutely ludicrous.
2: It's a different time. There's no doubt. We also have the FCS playoffs, and North Dakota State still alive against Montana. South Dakota State, the defending champion, is still there. What kind of right do you guys do with the FCS playoffs? And as we get deeper, standalone national championship game, I'm sure is different, but say for a weekend, Bulls are starting up. There are, for the FCS level name programs, any kind of right?
3: Yeah, it's more than you think, Trent.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, we'll, we'll, we'll write forty to 60000 on most of these games because wow. they're all televised. That's the good thing. Yeah. And they're usually standalone games. Um, and they're pretty good betting opportunities because you usually can get a pretty good price if you're going to try to take a stand against one of these teams that are hosting, like the Eastern teams going to the Big Sky territory or whatever, mm-hmm. that or to the Dakotas. And you get some pretty good prices. although North Dakota State looked real good last weekend. So uh, I think they're interesting games as well. I think they're interesting handicapping them from a from an over-under standpoint because they tend to be more run-dominated, these these quarterbacks. I mean, they were very good with their legs, uh, and so I think they're. I think these playoff games are better betting opportunities than ninety percent of the bowl games will have this
1: season. Interesting take. Last thing for me: Did you see much of a run on Blue Jays action a week ago today? Um, when when yeah, it seemed we, like Otani was on a plane, no.
3: We, we took a few bets,
1: mm-hmm. um,
3: you know, that uh, our people are lamenting now. Yeah. I had Nick <laughs> Alberg on at prime time last night. Right?
1: Yeah.
3: He's the hockey better, and he you know, covered the Maple Leafs, and they were five to nothing down at the time. Of course, they forced overtime and lost. But so all he wanted to talk about in Toronto is about how disappointed they are about Ohtani. Yeah. He said, "You guys don't realize how big a baseball fans Canadians are, mm-hmm. and we just assume that, that the hockey is in our blood, but baseball is definitely our second passion, and everybody is just heart suck about this."
1: Yeah, you see it in home games with the Twins and with the Mariners. Any mm-hmm. any team that's co- con- air-, air quote close to the border. Uh, They take over ballparks.
2: Last thing for me, Mike, and it's, uh, you know, my favorite betting sport. It is college basketball. This week stinks with most every college having finals. If they play somebody, it's an absolute tomato can. Now, we get started tonight. UConn-Gonzaga, yeah, sign me up for that. Purdue-Arizona tomorrow. But I'll tell you, this week, Ken and I talked about it earlier in the week, this is one of the worst weeks for sports with actually things going on. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't certainly click in a college market like ours.
3: No, I mean, the the excitement is, you know, Giannis wants the game ball (laughs) with their points in the season tournament. I mean, how ridiculous is all this stuff? But uh, the the highlight is Saturday because I think you have three good NFL games on Saturday Mm -hmm. and maybe three good bowl games. But I think all three NFL games are very intriguing. A lot of playoff implications i really think the broncos are going to win in detroit i do too. On saturday night
1: yeah I, i'm with you and college basketball ramps up tomorrow with a uh, pretty good slate of games tomorrow but boy are we overdue hey mike uh merry christmas i i won't get uh, i'll be traveling next week so uh merry christmas to you and to yours uh and uh, thanks for doing this appreciate it mike palm
3: Thanks, Kenny. Uh, same to you, and I'll talk to Trent next week. Good Sounds to hear. great.
1: Thanks, bud. Take care. Uh, Mike Palm, VP of Operations at Circa Sports. You can download the app, of course, Circa, available here in the state of Iowa. Fund that account. Again, you're going to get the best prices nine out of ten times at Circa, whether you're putting together a three-team parley or betting on a future Uh, Whatever it is, uh, your circle will be where you want to be making your bets. We'll take a time out. Come back, finish up the hour. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Terms and conditions.
0: Now back to Miller & Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's
1: Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller & Condon. Welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Take you here until 1. Bama Bob kicks off our number 2. Tom Kakert on the Hawks. Our picks before we get out of here just before uh, 1 o'clock. Uh, pretty good slate of college basketball. Finally tomorrow, yeah. right? I mean, some really good games. Where did you say the uh, Purdue game is
2: on Peacock, you said? That'll be on Peacock, yes. So streaming for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, tonight we get UConn-Gonzaga. And where is that game? It's, got to it's be in Spokane. Way. It's in Spokane? Yeah, but it's not at the Kennel. It's at the big arena there, like where they've hosted regionals and yep, stuff in yep. Spokane. So, neutral court, but mm-hmm. come on, not really neutral No, court. no, it's not a neutral court. But not exactly like you can hop in your car from Connecticut and make your way to Spokane. In a... That would be a long drive. <laughs> that would be... Holy
1: mackerel. Uh, it's a beautiful airport. I've flown into it before. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Cale uh, lived in Sandpoint, so he flew oh, to Spokane, yeah. and then it was like an hour. Then you drive to Coeur d'Alene, and you turn north. And um, just before the Canadian border was Sandpoint. But, yeah, it's a beautiful area. Beautiful area. It rains a lot, though.
2: Yeah. rains a lot. Northwest, right? Northwest. Northwest, indeed. So we get to see Iowa tomorrow against Florida A&M. And then the same team makes <laughs> their way to Ames. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That is smart scheduling out of Florida A&M. Get a couple well, of bye you, games you know and what, one Trent,
1: flight. It's funny you mentioned that because they did the same thing early in the year. In
2: November, <laughs> they pulled a double dip in the state of Nebraska. Well, that's the way to do it, right? right? Creighton one night, mm-hmm. Lincoln the next. Go there, collect yeah. that check. Yeah. Hotel night, and then you're right back on the plane again and getting back there. Ugh. You know, Iowa, it's not going to be good this will year. Will you watch much of this, these games this weekend? I will. I mean, with I the podcast, I kind of have to. Oh, to, sure, yeah. Because i got to do a breakdown of each of them. So I will. Uh, the Cleveland State game you know that Cleveland State team a year ago won 30 games mm-hmm. they played Villanova in the uh, first round of the tournament a year ago their best player though tore ACL uh, yeah Leo is her last name so maybe just hey maybe this will at least be a mm-hmm. semi-competitive game she's mm-hmm. a guard she's kind of fun to watch well she's out mm-hmm. yeah what's the environment going to be like at the well tomorrow I'm really interested to see because it's a different kind of environment I wonder how many people are going to show up for the men? About halftime. Yeah, let's yeah. watch the second. You know, something like that. Well, It's not going to be a full boat. No,
1: it's not. You know, the the, the guy that won our four tickets from uh, Dr. Stephen Fuller, FullerDental.net, his concern was, was the Iowa women's game in the same ticket? You know, oh. it says 3.30 and they don't start till 6. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was a split ticket? <laughs> They're trying to win tickets to see Caitlin Clark. <laughs> not not the alone. Team. No. Fascinating. And they did it right. The men first and then mm-hmm. the ladies You know, the warm-up act goes, then you get to the main event. Hour 2, Bama Bob kicks it off. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.